Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Girl Dad Show. Today, I have Ryan on the show today uh, from working at companies like Apple and then starting his uh, own startups, uh, including Weatherline and now Flighty, which is one of my favorite travel apps that I just talked about in my last Girl Dad talk. Uh, I'm very, very excited to have Ryan here today. Thank you so much for joining, Ryan. Hey, young. Good to see you, man. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> I was just joking with you earlier, but it's kind of fun to finally get this show going because we've been trying so hard to get you scheduled. Yeah, classic dad entrepreneur vibes going on already, That's right? That's right. You're a busy man. You're a busy man. Talk to me. Like, what's been going on? Man, we had a crazy November, December. Um, my wife got COVID. <laughs> and we decided to go, for some reason, I don't know. We, we decided to go full bore, isolate. Let's just remove the risk of the kids getting it. So my mom moved in. Katie, my wife, went in total isolation for 10 days. We did the, like over-the-top isolation so it was just co-parenting with my mom which is his own thing and the girls are like why is mom in that room and why are we wearing masks and staying far away from them and it was that was something else then through that rosie our dog got pneumonia oh wow and then what was it there's one other thing that happened that week oh you'll like this i got a out of nowhere just from the sky $150,000 bill from the IRS claiming that I messed something up on my taxes in 2021. So it's like, what is happening? Are you serious? Yeah. And it appears to be a legitimate, complete error on their side. And we're like full in this like crazy process of like their internal review being trying to understand what this even came from. But I've spent $5,000 on forensic tax people being like, I don't know what this is. And no one at the IRS has any idea what it is, which I guess is semi-comforting that I might not have to pay it, but it's still, it's still quite a jarring. Absolutely. You know, what's really like crazy. I actually got, um, something similar. I like, heard from one other person that did. Yeah. I got like, well, they even, they literally leaned on my account and they, they like put it to the point we've sent you multiple notices. And I'm like, I haven't got a single notice. And they put a lien on my checking account and I had to call because like it was literally stopping money from coming in. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like was, it was like blocked. It was like they were like, "Oh, we can't deposit money." I called the bank. They're like, "There's a lien. The government lien on it." And I'm like, "What?" So I called the number, and they're like, "You owe seven thousand dollars. If you don't pay it today, we won't unlock your account." And I'm like, "But I need it to like live. Like I need it to like. You're not even letting <laughs> money come in. Like I don't know." And so I paid them seven thousand dollars, and I immediately called my accountant, and he's like, "They're wrong. They're absolutely so, wrong." That's so yeah. similar. Yeah, mine got issued on. They claim December twenty sixth. 2021 and i never got anything in the mail and then you call them and they're like oh yeah we can't send it again we don't have a digital record of it and i'm not allowed to read to you over the phone what it's for so i'm like okay what am i supposed to do now oh so my it's just, gosh it's, just been, it's been ridiculous that is but ridiculous appears- but that's crazy that it happened to me too i mean obviously not at the amount that you're talking about but very similar sequence of uh, events like literally happened to me on november yeah we have like a 60 day stay on them putting a lien on the house <laughs> it's like it's so stupid it's so stupid yeah and and that's crazy that's wild yeah so um you you've had a really rough q4 it sounds like yeah it was <laughs> tough dude other than that how was the holidays pretty good um yeah christmas was good addison so i, so I have two girls addison's three carter is six months old so the three-year-old i think was kind of special you know last time she was two and it was a little she wasn't really registering it and this time was just so she's the first, I guess, granddaughter, if you will, in our in our extended family. So she just gets like completely rained on with presents for Christmas, and it was just all out. <laughs> so that that was fun, just to like, yeah, I put a bunch of lights on the house, stuff I normally like wouldn't do. Uh, it's just fun because she loves it so much. So yeah, giving her the experience. Yeah, I, I feel like um, I'll just say this as a as a dad, like maybe a couple years ahead of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will tell you, man, they get way more fun for the dad as they get older. Cause like, Interesting. They, they're starting to like banter and they like the jokes that dads do. And like, my wife's very nurturing and kind of a parent. And I'm like, I kind of poke fun at them and like make jokes mm. and you know, tease them and, you know, like trick them and do things that are, they think are funny. Right. And so, um, yeah. um, it's so enjoyable, man. Like my kids are so hilarious and, and, you know, they just, um, make me laugh so much and I can already tell that it's going to only get funnier, like, like as they get older. Cause like 
they legit like think it's hilarious and they can start now bantering and playing <laughs> yeah. tricks and stuff and enjoying in those games. So lots to look forward to in that sense. But um, uh, do you mind if we talk a little bit about flighty just before we get into the kids stuff? Cause I usually like yeah. to talk about what people do for a living and I know I introduced you, but I'd love it if you could share a little bit about what you're working on and any big projects and things that you have for flighty. Yeah, and sure. By the way, I did a travel episode <laughs> for the last girl that talk and I talked about flighty. And, uh, Amazing! Yeah, it's one of my travel hacks. Yeah, I must not have gotten to it yet. I think I'm like I'm like 30 minutes into the last show, so I might have missed it. So oh, far. it hasn't come out yet. So the oh, next, okay. yeah, yeah. So oh no, no, it just came. I just came out. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So flighty is like a personal flight tracker. So it's for your Delta, American, United flights. And the number one thing that people love about it is that we give you your delay and cancellation and gate change alerts before anybody else does. So when things kind of start going awry, you're always the first person to know if you need to make changes to your flights or travel plans. And then a lot of times there's this, there's a little bit of like an unspoken thing I'm still trying to capture in the marketing of just knowing what's going on. Because airlines, their incentive is for you to be sitting at the gate, quiet and doing nothing as early as possible. Right. Right. And ours is, tell you everything as fast as possible and as much as you can. So we do fancy stuff like tracking your inbound plane for 25 hours before it gets to be your plane. So we can tell you, Hey, it's in Florida. It's not going to make it to Texas on time. I don't care what United says, like your plane's an hour late and all kinds of fancy stuff like that. Um, I'm excited for this year. We just got back from Mexico city. We did a retreat with the team doing 2024 road mapping, and we're going to go really hard on, foundational data type stuff and then just trying to extend the lead in terms of really gnarly delay and cancellation prediction stuff we do. So that's kind of where we're at. Dude, that's awesome. So when you talk about foundational data stuff, what are you talking about? Like just like gathering all the pre pre like yeah. the data just like deep data stuff to like start figuring out like forecasting better? Yeah. So imagine everybody thinks as usual, um when you're not you know, familiar with an area that you just subscribe to an API and you get, oh, okay, now we get like all the flight data for free and it's always correct and there's no, there's no gaps in the coverage and there's no uh, conflicts where United says it's delayed, but Newark says it's on time. But of course, it's a complete mess like that. So think about it kind of like a web and maybe on one axis you have all the airlines and on the other you have all the airports and you have to get it's like if you get an agreement with united then you kind of have all the airports that they fly through and if you get an agreement with this airport then you kind of know more than beyond united at that airport so you're trying to build this web of having complete coverage and there's middlemen and we use a couple of them to try to get as much coverage as we can so we're five or six years in at this point and one of the things that we're feeling is that their incentives are not the same as ours. They're, mm. They make a ton of their money from selling this data back to airlines, which is kind of gnarly. I think. Yeah. Uh, Why wouldn't the airlines know, have that data themselves? Yeah. People don't know this. So that's if wild. You, so United, they're actually a decent one. Let's say American. American doesn't really track all their planes and know where they are all the time. They just pay one of these guys. <laughs> They just pay one of these guys to tell them where it is because it's cheaper. If they just track. I don't. I don't think so because if they track all their planes, it's only I don't know. I don't know. Fifty percent of the picture. They need to know where all the other planes are too. They need to know where Americans and Uniteds and JetBlues and what's oh, the airport status is the yeah. airport overloaded. So they and like okay, we have great tracking in the U.S., but our planes go outside of the U.S. So these kind of middlemen have come up selling the data back to airlines and they also sell to like Boeing and aircraft manufacturers and it's like yeah. big time enterprise contracts and yeah. then we're here trying to get we want like gate change information which an airline they don't care about at all yeah so it's not really in the API in a way that we get a push notification so there's a lot of foundational stuff that um they're not really incentivized to make better and it's only going to help us if we can kind of build our own data pipeline, right? Like if we're, if we're sitting totally. on top of someone else, we're, totally. we're kind of limited. 
So you're kind of you're going vert, you're going vertical integration. You're basically potentially going to actually be a data source then, your own data source. Yeah, we've talked about it. I hope we don't have to go that far, but we might yeah. have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I will tell you right now, and just for all the listeners out there, um, it's one of my favorite apps. I, Thank I, you, man. I, and I should like you just because you're awesome, but I, I will tell you that I like you even more because your your app is awesome. <laughs> but I use it so much. Thanks. You know, as a consultant, I travel so much, and travel has gotten so bad in the last two and a half years. Um, uh, I would say that you know, in the last two and a half years, I easily say thirty percent, probably more, of my flights have either been canceled or I'm sorry, delayed or even canceled, and. It's gnarly, dude. Like it's gnarly trying to figure out how to get rescheduled because there's no availability. There's no staff. There's no pilots. There's like people. It's just unbelievable to travel these days, and it's so hard. And um, I just will say that like it's a lifesaver to have that data that comes in faster than the airline, so you can start quickly making those adjustments. Did you see me? the? This is me. Did you see the? Oh. Um thing we released for like the year in review you can see your exact percentages my i have my all time is 41% of my flights have been delayed oh really for a total oh, of 152 hours of delays that i've oh <laughs> my gosh my i've had 58 hours of delays that's Ugh. awesome this is so cool look at that that's amazing yeah yeah tap on it you can go deep and get all kinds of stuff see oh, see which wow. airline is your worst JetBlue has hosted me for 28 hours of my life, which is American insane. Airlines has taken 16 hours of my life. Oh my god, it's <laughs> <that's> amazing! <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I was right. It was over 30. percent It yeah, was 44. percent right. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And they that's wild. people the historical number that they talk about is 20, percent but they they of course juice the numbers. They give a 15 minute um, grace, grace period. period. So like if they're 14 minutes late. It's like, it's not late. That doesn't count. It's like, what are you Oh my God. I want to go like, through all these reports. I didn't even know this existed. This is so cool. Yeah. Was, I love it. That's awesome, man. Good. And so as you think about, wait, did you bring your kids and family to Mexico when you did the offsite? No, I, we're talking about it for the next one. Uh, I didn't been, do this one. I've been bringing my kids to work trips. Yeah. I think kind to. of gnarly. Six months, six months is pretty young, but I think it's when hard. she gets a yeah. little older, yeah. Yeah, six months is hard. I took my uh, four-year-old to a pool conference uh, a couple months ago in November, and it was hard. I'm not going to lie. That's a tough balance, dude. It was hard, yeah, but it was also awesome. Like, I don't know. I mean, like, when I travel for work, I'm always like 60% of the time, I'm like, maybe even 70%. I wish there was a flighty app for my time spent when I travel, (laughs) but um, I spend like 70% alone, you know, eating by myself in my room. I'm just like, God, I wish my family was with me. And so this time I just brought her with me. I brought one of my kids with me, and it was like, that's awesome yeah it took i mean she went the conference floor who cares right like everyone thinks she's the way she's way more cuter than me right so they all want to talk to her it's so random to have this young kid it's a marketing tactic yeah totally yeah it's like a mascot and then just like brought her into all my meetings and just gave her you know paw patrol and you know she watched paw patrol took my meetings and and all the other people are like you can do that and i'm like i don't know i did are you okay with it they're like dude i should bring my kid next year and i'm like yeah you should (laughs) Just start playing together. That's awesome. I know. Seriously, I may have started a trend for the pool pool conference. All these uh, pool guys just going to come and bring their kids and <laughs> rocking out. With yeah, my butt. it is. I, I mean, it's kind of depressing, but it is also kind of cute. Addison has a little. She has a keyboard that she kind of carries around. She's like, I'm doing work like daddy. And like, Man, that's kind of depressing. Oh it's wow, cute. that's awesome. And then she, she'll come and sit at the computer and like play and move her hands because my team is all remote, so it's a lot of. Do you have structured time when you work, or do you, how does she know that? Because my office is home since COVID, and yeah, she's in the office with the door closed. Yeah, yeah, and cool. so she just knows that you're on the computer doing this. Yeah, and so it's, she bought, she role models you. She but said, yeah. keep looking at me. I'm dad. Yep, that's brilliant. And she'll 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 say like. I'm mommy. I've got to do work right now, and she'll take the <laughs> take the keyboard and like go sit on the couch, which is depressing but hilarious. It's like oh, that is God. very funny. That is very. I funny. Hope Why you... is it depressing? Because you don't want her to. That's like a. Me- she's she's clearly mirroring something that I do often, like leaving a family event and saying, "I got to go do work right now." Like that. That is depressing. Yeah. That is depressing in some ways, but who's going to put money on the table, man? You got to make work, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Tell me. Talk to me about it. No, I agree with you. I totally yeah. agree. 
what's your balance on that? How are you thinking about that? Are you going to try to change that at all? Or <clears throat> yeah, I need to. I need to think more deeply about it. If I'm being honest, I, I you know, between COVID and the business being pretty new, and the two girls kind of back to back, but not really. Um, we I've mostly been in survival mode for a couple of years with parenting stuff. I need to get more articulate about like what what are the weaknesses and what I think I should work on. We started doing that. I threw we have a whiteboard in our master mm. bedroom. Mm-hmm. Just like right. it's not that like KPIs, it's not that douchey of a thing, but it's like what do I think each of the girls needs to work on? I have myself for like parenting. So it's it's nice to have it written up there. It's basic stuff, but wait, no, you need to double click. Why is there a whiteboard in your bedroom? Yeah. Tell so me, it what... started it started because we, so this time, second kid around, we had a night nanny. Yeah. And it's just tough passing information between people. So it started with like, hey, Carter needs, like if she doesn't go to bed or start bedtime by five, it's a disaster. It's like, you have to do that. Yeah. Um, and just between all of us juggling, stuff would get lost. So we just started writing like four Addison and four Carter. Here's the three main three or four things. Or we were supposed to be working on tummy time. Just nobody was doing it. Everybody thought the other person was doing it. So I was like, all right, fine. That's it. Get the whiteboard. <laughs> like, what did evolved. your wife say when you got the whiteboard? <laughs> I had to ask permission. I had to ask permission. <laughs> I don't know if um, I could pull that off. My wife would like legit like strangle me. She'd be like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I've been really looking into is the um digital boards, like those DAC boards. Have you seen those? Where you can like I've centralize calendars and then you can put like grocery lists and to-dos yeah. and you can like move little widgets around, you know? Uh I really want one of those, but um um my wife's old school, man. She's like she rents she wants it on a like a paper calendar and like That's what wait, that's what my wife is. She's a paper oh, calendar. really? I forced her to put we have a kid's calendar that we share. That kids' activities go on, which is amazing. I have to have it. It's nice to see it overlaid with work stuff. But beyond that, it's she has a paper old school calendar. Yeah. And so, if you have this whiteboard, and now you're for for tactical reasons, but now you're starting to map out what that means. What is it? What what have you first scratched out? What's the first uh, batch of thoughts that you put in there? Oh man. I'm kind of in this. I don't know if this is exactly answering your question, but kind. Of, I'm kind of in this phase of. I need to better understand like what are the key things I need to work on with a three-year-old. But I, yeah, I know the basics. Like, right, like we're doing letters and being polite and saying thank you, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I haven't dug into like key frameworks or like what are the learning experts think about this kind of stuff? What are the most important mm. things to learn? Have you gone down that road? Uh, my wife has a lot. She does a lot of research into this stuff. And so um, it, it's uh, totally a cop out for me because she does so much research. I just feel like I don't need to. And so I just don't. Yeah. Uh, but she's constantly like saying, oh, we need to do these types of activities so that they can like work on these cognitive skills. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, great. And she's like, I read these two books. And I listened to this podcast. You should listen. I'm like, sure. And then I like never listened to it. Right. And so, so I'm like, someone is so focused on it. I just feel like I can get away with it. So I, I feel like uh, you're like busting me out here because my wife listens to the show. So she's <laughs> going to know that I never <laughs> listen to those shows. But um, they, she has, she had, she does like, she does a lot of this stuff where she like researches it. And then now more recently, she um, talks to a lot of other moms that are, have kids that are just a couple years older than us. So she kind of yeah. has like a mastermind group around it now versus like, mm-hmm. as I re- I'm trying to relate it to business terms here, you know? Yeah. So she went from like, f- like buying courses and uh, watching YouTube videos to now having a mastermind group. And so she switched from that level to this I'm, level. It's funny. <laughs> I'm kind of on the same path as her. Um, with business stuff, I guess just growing up with the internet, my, our instinct, or I'll speak for myself, my instincts a lot of times, Oh, I need to learn how to do whatever. Like, Social media marketing a little bit. All right, let's go read about it online. Like, right. Watch some videos, take some courses. And man, you just learn so much more by finding someone and talking to them. It's just insane. So it's, I feel like it's the exact same thing. My mom, who's the, my parents live close by, so uh, and Katie's are further away. So she's she's around more often. And I'll ask her this kind of stuff. And she's like, I don't know. What are the other parents doing? And it's just mm. such an interesting 
she doesn't even because she parented and grew up in the world where she's like you find people in your neighborhood that are about the same age group yeah some are little some have brothers and sisters older some have younger and everybody just shares and you figure stuff out and it's it is weird how that's like i don't know some sort of <laughs> brilliant parenting to talk to other parents no it's not it's it, I, I mean yeah it's so it's so crazy that we don't do that more right but it's like it's um it's the same thing in business like i actually agree with you like i just I'm at the point now where obviously I have the financial ability to do it too, where it's just like, I just pay people to teach me now. You know what I mean? It's just like, cause it's like, same thing as you. It's just like so much faster just to get the data that I need in business. Right. And just like fed into my brain. Like I find a function expert and I just buy that data and that from that person. And I think that's like the highest level of like education for me, at least and my, my brain can process it better. And I guess if I was um, primarily responsible for kind of articulating what the activities are and kind of like their cognitive abilities, I, I would probably do the same thing as that. But um, yeah. I, I was actually more asking like more just like generically, like, are you, are you thinking about like, not just like how to be like, like not teaching them the academic stuff, but just like as a dad, are you thinking about what that means to like work a lot versus like spend time with them? Like, have you been thinking about that side at all? Yeah. Yeah, I even before kids, so Oh really? Yeah, it was a part of a huge amount of pressure with Flighty was I knew I felt like, and I guess I was correct, I knew that if whatever I started at that time didn't work, I would be restarting with kids that were young. So I felt this immense pressure to like get it going. I've got like one or two years to get this thing going because we're going to start having kids. And then after that, I'm just not going to have the bandwidth or the time or really want to do it as much. Um, mm. So it was a huge part of just like big life planning, right? And, and kind of worked out well. Wasn't so great there for a year and a half when nobody was flying during COVID. But it was definitely a thing I thought about up, up front. And now that they're like, I'm, I feel like I'm transitioning out of this just survive mode. You know, Carter just hit six months, so we kind of she sleeps a decent amount, and we're kind of out of that insane zero to four month time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Flighty, you know, really good last couple of years. I feel like it's out of the must be all hands on deck at all times so that the ship doesn't sink kind of. I feel like I'm, I'm this year. I definitely need to be more articulate and thoughtful about that. But to be honest, I haven't done yet. Yeah. That's awesome. man. You know, I do. I do the like, take her to school every day. Um, yeah. Stop work at four and eat dinner together. And that kind of stuff. I do want to be more, even more, certain and like specific about it i don't know what did you do i love it man you're like at the cusp it's so fun to talk to someone uh, a parent <laughs> that's like just at the cusp of figuring this stuff out um i i um i pinged around a lot so i've made two massive shifts right the first shift was um the first five years was um how can i spend as much time with my kids as humanly possible and so i optimized my work into systems as fast as I possibly could. And so I can systematically like walk away from things as quickly as I could. And I spent the first like five years just very present. I attended, um, you know, all sorts of extraneous things and uh, probably an excessive amount of like kid stuff. <laughs> and then uh, it completely switched because, you know, my dad wasn't very present. He was always building businesses. And so I kind of you know, just kind of saw him always working and he was always building and, and trying to make something. And then he would either fail it or it didn't work and he would move us. And then we moved around a lot because he was just a businessman. He would just keep trying to grow. And then uh, eventually he made it. But um, um, five, four or five, my Lily comes up to me and, you know, she says, dad, are we rich? And my wife starts freaking out, right? And I'm like just staring at her, just trying to process what she's saying. And my wife's like, who asked you that? Why are you asking that? Wh wh who said that? Like, why? Wh in what context? What setting? What, like, she's like wailing, <laughs> wailing with all these questions. And I just look at her and, I, and like, all I can think of is that that Shaq quote, right? Where I see that I saw a TikTok with Shaq uh, saying this. So I repeated it back to her. I'm like, mommy and daddy are rich. You're poor. 
And that's what I said to her, right? <laughs> and uh, it was funny in the moment. Man, that's but, good. Yeah, thank you. And then um, I immediately switched my mentality. And so now I don't attend everything. And then I show her me working late sometimes, not all the time, but I show huh. her that I have to sacrifice to, you know, to work hard. And because no matter what I say to her, she's watching what I do, not listening to what I say as much. Or I, I actually That's- think she's watching me more than she's listening. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and obviously Grace is now older and she's now five years old. And so same thing, right? I want them to grow up knowing that there's a lot of sacrifice that comes to building a lifestyle that you want. Right. And so, um, I was accidentally teaching her the wrong thing because I was trying to do something that was opposite of what I thought I wanted when I was growing up. But because my dad showed me what entrepreneurship looks like, what hard work looks like, it taught me entrepreneurship and hard work. I just, mm-hmm. I just had a chip on my shoulder about it until my kid turned five. Right. And now I love my dad. <laughs> I mean, I've always loved my dad, but you know, I have a mad level of respect for him because yeah. think about how many, I, I'm sure he wanted to spend more time with me but he chose to like build a business so that I can have a better life. Right. It's like, I don't know. There's something, there's something to that. Right. And so there's a balance to it. And so I don't think I have the right answer either, Ryan, but that's the two, that's the stages that I've switched over to. And so since she, since um, a year and a half ago and Lily turned five and she made that comment, I have now tried to balance uh, how much time I spend with them. So it was like maximum amount of time, you know? And, and I think she asked because, you know, like sometimes Parents don't come to things, you know, they don't come to like the, all the award ceremony, like there's just stuff that's very superfluous and sometimes parents don't come. And then not only do, not only does Amy come and she doesn't work, I also come to everything. So like, she's kind of like wondering how is it possible that like both of my parents are at every single thing that I do. And so I'm assuming that's where she got the question from, but um, hopefully that helps you on your discovery process. Yeah, that's interesting. You kind of went backwards. You, I you, did. And the most most people overwork and then are like midlife crisis. Oh my god, they can't get these years back and go yep. the other way. Yeah, but the problem is, is that like these kids are um, listening and watching everything you do, and it doesn't matter what you say to them. They're they're watching and listening. And so, if you're at the baseline, not role modeling the type of human you want them to be like, uh, they're not going to listen to you. They're going to do what you're role modeling. It doesn't matter what you spew out of your mouth. If your actions don't match it, they're going to do what your actions say. And they're going to call you out on it because they're watching. They're literally watching, you know, and they're molding their barometers and their benchmarks off of who you are as a human being. And um, it's super important to like, just keep that in mind as you start to grow because you're depressed that, you know, your kids knows you as a keyboard jockey you know and like discounting your wife to say hold on let me finish this email and you think it's funny but it's depressing but there is some merit to the fact that you're you you're also teaching her you know that there are important things you know that have to take precedence over something else so forever that's worth i'm not telling you to keep doing that but just just don't beat yourself up too much is is my piece of advice we're all figuring it out yeah that's helpful i appreciate that and yeah like like her with the keyboard, they definitely mirror and mimic and just watch everything. Totally. How did you grow up, by the way? Talking about co-parenting with your mom. Like, I want to know how that's going and what the good and bad yeah. is co-parenting with your mom. But how did you grow up? How were your parents like with you raising? It sounds like they just kind of figured it out as well. Yeah, it's funny. Um, so two, one, having having kids myself has been super instructive on seeing the choices they had to make. And two, I do group therapy. So it's with just people I don't know outside of life or outside of normal life. And seeing one of the most valuable things I've gotten out of that is, of course, you talk about childhood and upbringing. And I feel like I have this library of seeing how different people grew up. And before that, I just assumed everyone was was like mine. Like, you just don't know any better. You're like, well, of course, everybody's dad was working all the time or whatever. Yeah. Um, so to actually answer the question, um, very white middle class suburbs. We grew up <laughs> outside of Houston, just like grew up in a um, an area called the Woodlands. Yeah. Um, which is pretty, I'd say, like overly manicured. So it's definitely isolated from crime and yeah. racism and a lot of that kind of stuff. I just everything was kind of good, you know. Yeah. Um, so I learned a lot of that part later in life. Um, I do, I do think 
so a lot of people that grew up there give it uh like a bad rap for not being the real world or whatever and i would i kind of think the opposite i think it showed me that i just didn't have a lot of the oh other people are racist why is that or other people are dealing drugs that's weird like a lot of that stuff wasn't around i kind of got a idyllic look at things um and then kind of filled it in intellectually of like oh okay that makes sense to me so i i i guess in a really broad sense i just had a good like community model if that makes sense mm, totally makes sense um, totally yeah makes parenting sense. wise parenting wise is super traditional my dad worked um he would go to work at like 4 a.m so he could come home at 3 p.m kind of he just went to work really early but did the typical oh, that's great that he could do that though that's awesome yeah it was a little later in his career my dad uh, was like 40 when he had me or when they started having kids he's 11 years older than my mom so it's kind of a weird uh gap and my mom intended to go back to work but did the like took me in the car to daycare and was like, nope, not doing this. Can't do it. And just called work and said, I'm never coming back. Oh, and wow. Was a, and I had a younger brother and a younger sister. So she was like a hundred percent gave up her life to parents just, and she's parenting style wise. She is, and still lifestyle wise, she's, uh, she's to the point and uh, direct and, on the scale of strictness, like one notch below maximum strictness. It's, oh, it's, it's it. a pretty like regimented, you do your homework. If you didn't get A's, why didn't you get A's? If you're not, got to be nice to your friends. If you weren't nice to your friends, you go over there and apologize to them. Like very um, structured. Yeah, for sure. She, she would have been a good CEO. She probably still would be. Yeah, man. She can't <laughs> do anything without getting involved. Like she was always on the... <laughs> PTA president and they just moved into a new community on Driftwood and she's already on the board. It's like that. Yeah. That kind of stuff. I love it. So did you get some of that from her or? Definitely. Yeah. 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 I feel like I learned um, the emotional side, like the emotional dimension of life and friends and family a little later. Um, she She's a little more on the logical side of things. And my mm -hmm. dad is too. So I feel like that piece, you know, me and my brother and sister have talked about it. For us, that came a little bit later of, um, like, oh, how does that make me feel? And why yeah. does that make me feel that way? And am I okay with that? That was, that was a little later. Yeah. yeah. So that's been part of the, part of the reason I started in therapy and then now in group therapy and, uh, has been super helpful in terms of just developing like a emotional IQ that I feel like was a little bit of a missing piece, but yeah, all things considered, I mean, sometimes I'll stay in group therapy, like someone will bring something up and, you know, people have had overcome insanely incredible things. Yeah. I just look at them and I'm like, oh my God, you are so much more resilient and strong than like, A, you realize, or B, I think I can even survive, right? Yeah. And I feel like my, so the therapist, the, the leader person will say, Brian, I think, can you relate to that? Or like, how, how does that relate to your upbringing? And I'm like, it doesn't. Like, I just had a really good upbringing. So, yeah, it's been a nice uh, realization that, you know, that while my, both my parents are alive and I can thank them and talk to them about it. Yeah, it's also awesome that you're going to therapy um, to just kind of like get that context um, and kind of get exposed to different like, uh, lives and experiences. Um, that's awesome. And then, and how does, does your wife go to therapy as well? Or is she more like you or is she more like, um, the opposite? Like, is it opposites attract or is it like, like minds, um, together? It's, uh, I'll, I'll halfway give myself credit for this. Uh, we met in college and yeah. I'm a pretty logical, unemotional person, especially was then. I feel like I'm kind of better now, but I, Guess either intuitively or subconsciously or something. I if I marry someone who's in engineering classes with me, and we're both like robots at intellectual like study stuff. I just will never develop as a person. So I was 
definitely looking for someone more on the loose, emotional, kind of artistic spectrum. And that's exactly what my wife is. She's super emotionally in tune. Um, is an artist who, you know, paints and draws and, um, yeah, it's definitely the emotional center of the family. And it's, it's interesting to see, like, she'll come downstairs and say, um, you know, Addison is, she got out of her bed. She's not sleeping in bed and she's sleeping by the door because we have a rule that she has to stay in her room, but the door can be open. So she just, sometimes she'll sleep right on the entryway and she'll, Katie will come down and say, she's sleeping on the floor. But I do think she's like emotionally going through something. Mm-hmm. She's, she, you were out of town for a week. So kind of take it easy on her. Because my instinct is to go up and use logic and say, the bed is more comfortable. Why don't you lay in the bed? <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really pick up on the fact that like she actually is going through something emotional. So it's, it's an interesting um, like yin and yang that we have. Yeah, that's great. She's teaching you. She's yeah, exposing you. A hundred percent sure. Yeah, I feel it. That's so. Yeah, this is too much of like, oh my god, how much I've grown emotionally. But uh, four or five years ago, I would have been like, why are you talking about? She's going through something. Like, <laughs> yeah. I got home. I got home safely, and I'm, I'm safe, and I'm home. Like, get back in bed. So <laughs> it's been. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That makes me happy to and, hear that. And in a and, different world, in a different world where I married someone super logical and we had two boys, I would yeah. be like running a boot camp over here. It would be depressing. <laughs> I will say that um, for for whatever it's worth, um, our house is very similar. So hope that makes yeah. you feel a lot better. Yeah, uh, Amy's constantly coaching me and 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 forewarning me. Not warning is not the right word, but just kind of giving me um, a heads up, like you know, there's something wrong and I don't know if it's school or maybe something happened at gymnastics, but you know, she's, she's feeling very emotional. She's very touchy right now. So just be very gentle. And and then, uh, so she'll give me the heads up and, and it's like, I don't even, I honestly don't even know. Like, I don't even know what she's talking about, you know? And so I just say, okay, cool. And then I don't, you know, really I don't really change my behavior, but when, when she does like start crying or lash out or do something that's unnormal, I just have a lot more, I try to have a lot more patience and empathy for it in those instances. But, um, um, for whatever it's worth, I hope, I hope it makes you feel a little bit better. It's, I think, I think a lot of us are like that, you know, we're just like, you know, still learning how to do that and read it. And then I will tell you, I've, I've interviewed quite a few girl dads that are way farther along than us, but, um, I heard it gets more complicated. So just so you know, (laughs) what to look forward to. I'm curious about that because to me, this stage is like the, yeah, this is going to sound brutal, but like a lot of the stuff she wants to do or she wants to interact with me about, it's, it's, I can engage for five, 10 yeah. minutes and after that it's just oh my gosh like i can't do this thing all the time or yeah I'm just exhausted like i've been working all day i'm exhausted that's right so i think naively ignorantly a hundred percent that yeah. when the when the difficult times are more intellectual and emotional and i can talk to her and, sh- and, and like we can have a conversation back and forth for some reason i think that's going to be easier but i just keep hearing over and over that it's not so I probably need to recalibrate that. Yeah, I um I think it is easier. Um I think it is easier on the side of at least I don't know what it is either, because I'm I'm talking about when they're teenagers, but um yeah. like right now it's a lot easier to have fun with them, but it's also a lot harder to just like talk to them about stuff when they're not feeling good. And yeah. my wife is like I mean, they don't even try when they're upset. They don't even come to me. Like it's literally like they like run past me and push me aside to go to my, my, my wife and hug her. And then, you know, and they'll just hold each other for a few minutes and cry. And then like, and then eventually my wife will like figure out a way to like get them to talk about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, they just know they don't even come to me. It's kind of sad actually. <laughs> like I'm not their source of um, emotional support yet. And so I haven't figured that out and I don't know how to do it. Yeah. She's, she's probably also the default parent too. So it may be a lot of that, right? It's yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. Thank you for giving me that, uh, giving me that little <laughs> consolation prize. But it's something that I want to work towards because when I think about like why I work so hard and 
you know, like, and I think about like being a better version of my dad, you know, like my dad, you know, did the best that he could and he, you know, try to be a better dad than his dad. And so mm-hmm. I, I, try, I think about it and I'm like, you know, what success looks like for me is like having kids that like want to come hang out with me when they're older, you know, I want kids that are like, oh man, I can't wait to bring my kids around, you know, my dad so that, you know, the grandkids are partying it up with me and, and my kids can talk to me. And I, I just want to be really good about evolving from parent to friend as I get older with them. And uh, especially as a, in, in Asian culture, that doesn't really happen. So um, I really want to combat and beat that. I want to knock that, you know, that uh, obstacle down because I think yeah. that most Asian families struggle with that that last they're so good in the first two right the first two stages training you how to wipe your butt and wash your hands and like you know giving you like the diligent orders and structure their asians are really good yeah. at that right um and then you know the second part's really good too like the nurturing helping you develop and like exposing you to like different things so you can like excel at stuff right and like pushing you and coaching you and empowering you but yeah they're typically really bad at like the last part where you're now an adult and they still have that hierarchy and so it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but I'm not friends with my dad. Let's just say it that way. He's definitely the dad and he's definitely the, the, he's definitely like the patriarch. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's and, the cultures are so interesting. Yeah. And so I really, I really want to, um, my upgrade I think is going to be that, you know, I'm going to try to like really combat that because, um, I think it's important, man. I think it's really important. And I talked to so many people that are successful now and, um, I've just been actively networking with, you know, affluent people. Cause I obviously want, I want to be one, <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> Almost all of them have said like, at the end of the day, like none of it really matters. Right. It's just like the relationships that you have and who you're, who you're communal with. And, and it kind of goes back to this whole concept of like what you just said, you know, your woodlands, the community that you're in, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a good idyllic as it sounds. Yeah. Yeah, and I have great, you know, people will talk about, oh, man, high school was the worst. I don't want to go back to high school. And I'm like, ah, I thought high school was awesome. Yeah. I want to go back to high school. Yeah. So, yeah, that is an interesting. Um, I like that. Huh, cool. I'm glad that we had well this said. conversation. Hey, let me switch yeah, gears well a little said. bit because I want to keep be mindful of your time. And I do want to ask you some um, questions that I ask every guest. Uh, now, as a, uh, f- a father for three and a half years, um, do you have any sage advice to give uh, soon-to-be parents? Oof. Soon-to-be parents, sage advice. Uh, I refuse to say the age-old thing of cherish your time because you're about to have more time. Um, so, something else. <laughs> so, I have to think of something else. Uh, you could say that. It's so funny. I don't it's know so I, funny. Like it, I have like no empathy now for people that don't have kids that say they don't have time. I'm like, you serious? You have plenty of time. You just don't realize. My it. brother, yeah, my brother and my sister will say something and I, they don't even say it anymore because the look I give them, I'm like, mm, I don't <laughs> just stop. No, I, I, I would say, and actually I heard this a lot um, from the pediatrician. I And I... I think I understand it now more is people would say, just do what you think is right. You know, your daughter, you know, your son. And at the beginning, I feel like I was, I was like, ah, that feels like a cop out. I think they're just saying that now I think I totally get it. And like, if you aren't ready to have kids, like, don't just do what you think is right. Yeah. And when you are your instinct, no one is with them. The amount that you're with them. No one knows intuitively when your baby needs to eat, when they don't. And it, it, it is, you, you find that, I realize that when I try to teach someone else, like if a nanny is coming or my mom is coming to help for a little bit, I try to explain something and they're just not getting, and it's so intuitive to me because I'm with them all the time. Right. And I think that, I think that relates to before you're a parent either. Like if you aren't sure, wait, if you are great, uh, kind of, there's all, it's all you can do. Follow the instinct. Yeah, I love that. I think you're absolutely accurate too, and I completely validate it. I, I um I think that trying to you know over rationalize or process it is um is virtually impossible. 
And at the end of the day, you just need to do what's right. And sometimes your decision matrix may even change case by case and it's okay. You shouldn't do what's right. That's great advice, man. Um, all right. So let's uh, switch gears here to um, um, what's the next question I usually ask. Uh, it's um, advice. and Oh, one thing you would tell yourself before you had kids, if you can go back. The same thing. You have infinite time. No, let me think. <laughs> Work on not... flighty more. Yeah. No, I was trying to. It's one of those things that you just can't explain to someone how much time you have. Yeah. I. You ever seen the um? The, well, here's a not so great thing that happened growing up in this idyllic community I've envisioned now is as our like sex edge sex education thing. What what they would do, and I guess it happened to a lot of schools for a week people had to carry around like a fake baby and it was just crying. It would just cry at random times or whatever. It had all these things programmed into it. And it was yeah. just basically to scare, scare the shit out of you from having sex. But it <laughs> is, I feel like people need to do it now. Like when you're like 25, like here, hold or whatever, hold on to this thing. And for a week, you just have something that can cry and can throw up. And it doesn't matter. You can't say like, okay, two minutes. Let me finish the Netflix show I'm watching. And then, like, you can't do any of that. There's no, you have no control. And you just oh. don't understand it until you don't have it anymore. And it is, a, yeah. it's one of those weird, like, you can't get it until you don't have it type of things. Totally. Totally. Yeah. That's hilarious. You did that at your, your community, huh? You guys did the, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. so bad. It's such a horrible tactic. It's like oh, it's yeah. kind of funny because I've seen them in like old eighty shows. You know, I didn't realize that we in our generation we still had people that went through that. That's funny. Man, Texas Texas Bible Belt High School is I something else when it when it comes to sex education. <laughs> it's just straight fear, <laughs> fear and punishment. Apparently, it's like fear, so of, fear yeah. of God and children and. STDs and just straight food. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, okay, so let's switch gears here a little bit. Do you have a, a favorite book? For parenting or just all whatever? All, just everything, yeah. Oh, man, I do Ideally have Ideally business because it's really selfish. It's more just for me to build my book list. So. <laughs> so business if you have a favorite business book. But anything is fine, yeah. Yeah, this might be kind of platitude but it's it's a recent kind of bestseller never split the difference mm. have you heard of this so it's negotiating yeah chris Moss. From, yeah. yeah yeah it's i don't know if i i do know actually i just came from the one person starts high and the person starts low and you meet in the middle like what's the point this is stupid yeah. you always meet in the middle um, you just try to beat the other person over the head with here's my list of eight being reasons why and you only have six so i must be right all that yeah. just kind of like amateurish stuff and completely not i mean it is incredibly helpful for negotiating but 90% of it is just helpful for understanding other people and what they're trying to do either with their life or in this situation, or with their role in your company, or with the deal that you're trying to do with them. I mean, I easily have saved myself $100,000 plus in negotiating. But also, it's more so just understanding the questions and how to approach and truly helping someone else uncover what they're trying to do like 99 times out of 100 they don't even know what their goal is or what's the difference between two like nuanced things and how that would affect the outcome i i know i never read those kind of books and never read books again I've read it like two or three times i just think the stories are great in and of themselves yeah but the tactics are dense and um Super, super valuable. Yeah, cool. thank you for that. Heard about it. No, I've, I haven't read it yet. I've, I've heard about it, but it's on my list and no one's actually recommended it yet since the show started. So you're the first person to recommend it, but it has been on my list. 
I'm very excited about it because I saw his masterclass. Uh, I don't remember remember that. Yeah. Well, no, it's still around. Masterclass is still around. Um, I don't think it's growing as fast as it used to. Maybe that's why uh, I got some. There's like like I think it's plateaued, but it's still good, right? And so um, uh, Chris Voss has a masterclass on there, and I watched it, and it was like amazing. He's, he's couple, that dude's crazy, dude. Yeah, he's got a couple. Um... He went. He did like a podcast circuit that all the authors do after the book yeah. comes out. So if you want to get like a a taste, go look on YouTube or on podcasts for one of it. And you know they always condense the book down into thirty minutes or something like that, so you can kind of get the gist and then dig in with the actual book. Yeah, I'll do that. Um, okay, let's wrap it up. So the last question to bring us home: uh, When you're not building Flighty, the best uh, travel aid app, utility app in the market, and uh, figuring out what dad me dad life, girl dad girl dad life means for you in the future <laughs> what are you doing for fun what's your downtime stuff i do some wake surfing i gotta get nice. you out on that yeah we have a boat on lake austin so i hit that um, most of the time though is anything really housewise that i can work with my hands with so by by trade i'm a mechanical engineer and i just grew up you know building forts and working on the house and messing with cars and all that kind of stuff and being in the digital world all day long when I have a break or a lot of times too when I need to get some real thinking done I'll go work on something on the house like redo the pool shed I just did that nice you guys should thank me, you guys should thank me. <laughs> I'll let them know that you did that <laughs> and thank you for being or, a customer yeah. yeah yeah Christmas lights going too, going too hard on Christmas lights uh kitchen upgrades, stuff like that. I, My wife, you know, <clears throat> for the first few years we had the house, she was like, you know, you don't have to do this. Like you can hire someone else to do it. Like why are you just mm-hmm. going from working your ass off at work, putting the kids to bed, and then at like 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock at night, you're doing home improvement stuff. Like just stop, calm down. And I was yeah. like, no, you don't understand. Like this is me relaxing. Yeah. I'm unwinding and doing stuff with my hands. So it's a nice – uh, realization for both of us. Like it took me a while to realize that's what I was actually doing. Um, oh, wow. but that's what I do. Anything, anything messing with my hands, working on that's stuff. That's awesome. That's really cool, man. I probably should pick up something. I should figure that out for myself as well, too. Cause I've been struggling trying to figure out what my, um, downtime activities. It's usually playing video games and I don't really do that anymore. Cause I just don't have time. Maybe I should yeah. like, to, yeah, figure that out. If that's what I need to do. Um, that's awesome, man. Hey, Ryan, this has been really awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, chat with me about dad life and, and, and your business. And, uh, it's really good to catch up brother. Good to see you too, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. Cheers.